0: Well, good morning again Lighthouse, good morning. <laughs> here and on viewing screens somewhere in the area. Uh, this is our second Sunday back together here after being away for almost six months, second Sunday, we're still getting used to some things. I've got to get used to preaching here again on a Sunday morning, not recording it or doing it live on Zoom, and, and not quite as short as they were then. It's not the same as when we closed in March, is it? It is different now. We are advised, in fact, to be together here for no more than about an hour. And yet, there are three things that we are committed to doing every Sunday one, worshipping the Lord. Number two, hearing God's word. Number three, breaking bread. So that's why we're kind of like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. That's what we're looking at doing. I found it difficult to know what to preach in kind of restarting again, in a sense. Uh, so the other morning, woke up early. Um, I did what I usually do, sit there reading an open Bible with a notebook journal open with a pen in hand and prayers offered, and then I start to write. And I trust that what goes down on paper has some sense and some inspiration in it. And then I look at it and say, okay, Lord, is that it? And All I need is a kind of like a sense of nod from God, and I go, that's what we go with. So today starts with a question. All right? What do we have... When we, have, when we lose just about everything else. What do we have? When we lose just about everything else. Now, I don't want to distress you, but we're entering a time of great economic difficulty. What's been normal for most people for perhaps most of our lives? Working, receiving income, spending, saving, travelling, you know. Karen um, and I, you know really value our holidays as well. All of that hangs in the balance. You either can't afford it or you can't do it for other reasons. What do we have when everything we know how to put a price tag on is thrown into uncertainty? God, yes. We'll get that in a minute. Thank you, Mary. Love. Yeah, okay. Good answer. Love, sorry. Didn't hear you quite. Let me remind you of the words of Jesus. Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a person's life does not consist in the abundances of things he possesses. You know, the question I was just asking, what do you have when just better everything else is taken away? Some people say my pride, my integrity, my dignity. Well, those are very self-centered answers, really, so we'll dismiss those, shall we? Here is the answer. We, as Christians, have what cannot be valued, what is actually Beyond price. We have three key relationships. With the Lord himself. With one another. And with our family and our friends. After the first one, the, two are, the next two are in no particular order, you understand. They, they happen at the same time. Relationships are what really matter. Firstly with the Lord, then with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then with those who we value, those we love. Our families, our friends. It's sometimes only when crisis comes, including perhaps ill health, that we value those things, again, more than wealth and possessions. Those relationships are priceless. I read an article this week by a man called Elliot Dallin, who is actually dying from cancer. He had a good job in finance in the city of London, but he's now waiting to die, really. He hasn't come to faith in Jesus, but he says he's come to realize that what matters in life is people, relationships, connections, and a life well lived. Here's what makes those relationships work. And this is where we go to a scripture we're going to look at for the next three Sundays as well. End of 1 Corinthians 13. Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, and the greatest of these is love. We got there. The thirteenth chapter of Corinthians is often read at weddings, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. We'll get to that in a minute. How many of you heard that at some Christian service somewhere? Often, it's nothing to do with weddings. It's a chapter that speaks about love, but it's really not talking about married love or romantic love. This love in this passage of Scripture is far more than that. Now let's do a bit of bible study together. Chapter 13 comes between 12 and 14. Have I got you there? You're right with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Chapter 12, of 1 Corinthians is about the work and gifts of the Holy Spirit given to us to build one another up in the Lord. Chapter 14 is practical instructions, how those gifts are to be practically and wisely used to serve and build one another up. And it talks about prophesying and speaking in tongues and interpreting such speaking out in tongues. And that is a chapter which I firmly believe many of us as Pentecostals and Charismatics do not pay good attention to. All right? Chapter 13 is in the middle. A bit like the filling in a sandwich, almost. And it says, what we, everything we do should be done to serve one another in love. Here it is, section by section. First of all, it talks about loveless gifts and works. Chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1 down to verse 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, speaking in an unknown language, in other words, and have not loved, but I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, as a martyr, let's say, but have not love, it it profits me nothing. I almost used the King James from (laughs) years ago. In other words... You may be very gifted, some would say anointed, I quibble with that statement a little, but if you do not use what you've been given to serve others in love, and are using those gifts for some other purpose and motive, your contribution or ministry, let's call it that, has no value. What kind of love? This treatise on this love, which uses the a Greek word which is the highest kind of love. It's not erotic, it's not romantic, it's not even family love within a family. It's the kind of love that really is like the love of God. This love is self-giving sacrificing, serving. Here it is, verse verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Sorry, should have gone on. Then there's a comparison between now and then. Let me read it to you, 8 to 12. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child... I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Let me tell you what those now and then are. Now is now in this age, and then is then in the age to come, when Jesus has returned Now we know in part and we prophesy in part. We have moments of revelation and insight by the Spirit of God, but there's lots of things we're still in the dark about. There's lots of things we don't know, we don't understand. And we ourselves are mixture. We're still imperfect. Anyone want to disagree with that? We'll talk later. All right. We understand from the teaching of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of God in this age is not without mixture as well as opposition. And we now are. Like children, thinking and speaking as if we know something, unaware, like children, of how much we don't know. They go to school for a few years and think they've learned a lot. (laughs) Now we see in a mirror, dimly, or through a darkened glass, but then we will see face to face. So the then is after the Lord's return, when the eternal and perfect kingdom of God comes. And prophecies and speaking speaking in tongues, the pursuit of knowledge, even preaching and teaching, there won't be any room for them anymore, won't be any need for them anymore. Even study, which I do enjoy doing, will be finished with because we will know. We won't seek knowledge. We will know even as we're known by God. We will be without mixture and live in a perfect, completed realm of creation. The perfect will have come and we will see him face to face. Love never fails. This love, the love of God, poured out upon us, filling us, motivating us to love him in return and then to love one another, fueling even the, the love we need within a family. You have a husband for his wife, a wife for her husband, parents for their children. It comes from being filled again and again with, refreshed, replenished with the love of God. Now, remain these three, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Though the greatest is love, faith and hope matter too. These three are what make and keep our relationship with the Lord. And these three are precious. In fact, I can show you scriptures when we get there in a weekly this time. Faith is spoken of as being more precious than gold. And love is incredibly precious and valuable. Now I'm glad that some old hymns and songs that I grew up with, and were old then even, get recycled into newer ones and we find ourselves still singing Amazing Grace and so on. And so today we still sing in a modern version this old hymn. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, that's emotion or thought, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness seems to veil his face, I'll rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. It's from Hebrews, we'll get to that. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. If you know it, say this chorus with me. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. If we lose just about everything else, He is what we still have. Our rock is Christ Jesus, whatever may come. And what connects us to Him is these things. Faith, faith, Hope and love. Faith works now. Hope looks to the future. And love loves back in return him who never stops loving us. They remain. They're what we have. They're what holds us. We don't just hold on to them. They hold us while we live in this now of mixture and sometimes confusion and sometimes darkness until the then comes. The great folly of this age is that people have invested so much time and effort in things that do not last, pursuing gain, possessions, trading up the next and the newest, to the next and newest. When Jesus told us the life of a person doesn't consist in how much they possess, we are to pursue faith, hope, and love like precious jewels, so that we know the Lord and obey and serve him with joy. That relationship with him then shapes our relationships with one another. Firstly, as the children of God and then with our family, spouse, children, other relatives too. These things remain. They're not cheap or easy, but they are beyond price. Let me finish with one final thought. That's about the goodness and grace of God. The goodness and grace of God towards us is free. You've probably heard the expression free grace. It's true. It doesn't cost you anything. But it was not without cost. The grace of God, the goodness of God, comes to us at a cost that is greater than everything in all creation. The suffering and death of God's Son for us. Jesus died and lives again to bring us back to the Father, to restore us to the relationship that we in Adam rejected in the beginning. Which is to say, being the children of God, a loving Father, trusting and obeying Him, rejoicing in His love. So what words would you use today to describe yourself? Let me suggest some I'd like you to aspire to, to take hold of. I am a child of a loving Father in heaven through faith in Jesus His Son. If that doesn't seem right yet to you, that doesn't click, you're not sure it's true, take time today to pray to Him. Ask Him to bring you in to show you his grace, to work faith in Jesus into the core of your being and to continue to build faith, hope, and love in you. Let's pray together before we break bread. Father, you made us for yourself, objects of your love, creatures, to know you. You gave us capacity beyond any other living being that we might know you, understand you, enjoy you forever. We have departed far from that cause of existence, meaning of life. And yet you call us back through the gospel of Jesus to find again our place in you, in your heart, in your love. I pray that every one of us today will feel the work again of the Holy Spirit drawing us and calling us back in, come close, come near, to receive again the grace of God, to be refreshed again in these things which hold us to you, faith, hope, and love. We thank you that in breaking bread again today. We remember and celebrate all that you've done for us in Jesus. Amen.